our ability to frame C Club as an experience that people can come and be a part of, be useful for, earn a part of, get early access to is is key. So it is a consumer product in many ways, but the, the that consumer product is actually kind of work, but our job is to make it feel like it's not totally work. Welcome to Netcetera, the official podcast and newsletter powered by Mice and XYZ, the ultimate marketing network. I'm Blake Minho Kim, co-founder of Mice and XYZ, and join me as each week I talk to leaders working at the forefront of innovation, whether they're at traditional brands, web through AI companies, or otherwise, to demystify the latest in emerging tech that's shaping the new internet for a brighter future. Today, we'll be speaking with Jess and Josh, partners at Seed Club, one of the leading accelerators, network states, and overall vibe curators in the world of Web3. Jess and Josh are absolute legends in the blockchain, and we had an incredible conversation tackling the concept of consumer crypto and just what it will take to get us closer to mainstream adoption. If you're interested in understanding Seed Club and where this whole blockchain thing is all headed, it's a great listen. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here's number three with Jess and Josh. All right, all right. How are you guys doing today? Blake, what's up, man? We thriving, baby. We thriving. We thriving. How are we feeling with the... We got some green candles this week. I'm feeling all right. It's uh, We're back. I forgot what this feeling was like. Yeah, we're so back, right? We're so back. Yeah, we're so back. It's <laughs> The bear's over. The bull's here. We're all going to you know, hang out in Valhalla of crypto soon. and Exciting. We're going to be driving our Lambos around. <laughs> I was I was making fun of how bullish crypto Twitter like instantly gets, but I I like feel it myself. Yeah, yeah. You feel yourself check checking the charts every uh, ten seconds. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying like a, a month ago, I'd check it. You know, one once a week because I knew it was just kind of flat. And this week, it's you, you got to know what's happening. A lot more. A lot, a lot more. more. Well, it's exciting times, and uh, let's see what happens. Right. So uh, it's a good way to go into the end of the year, and let's let's see. Uh, so let's get started. Um, as always, on every episode, we love to start with an origin story. So we'd love to have both of you guys tell us a bit about yourselves, your backgrounds, and how you found yourselves into this mag- magical journey uh, that we call Seed Club. I mean, I guess I should probably start that off as it's the, the origin story. Um, you know, I, I've been just generally fascinated with how networks are taking over our world since you know, uh, the earliest days, um, you know, I, I ran like a, a small gardening company to pay my way through university and got introduced to the internet through that. You know, I, I was putting up classified ads and had a fax machine at the time. It was super crazy. And then seeing the internet, I was like, oh, this changes everything. And then seeing social media, this changes everything. And it's about a, a good deal of my early career just in social media and media generally, and just seeing the digital transformations that were happening because of, of networks. Uh, and then all of a sudden I heard about the DAO and crypto. And I was like, oh, this is this is the move. You know, this idea of networks running the world being owned by one or two companies just didn't seem like a sustainable thing. We, I felt the pain of, of the rules being changed on me as an operator in, in those networks. And yeah, crypto is just a fascinating potential solution. And I think I hold it in the same regard today. I don't know if we've unlocked the true power of crypto, but there's still like a very worthwhile um it's a very worthwhile thing to build towards if we can bring a little bit more variety, freedom, a few new business models to the internet. Uh, so social uh, C club started in, I mean, it's like, it's almost three years, man, almost three years at the in Actually it's three years, October 20th. We didn't, we should celebrate birthdays. We're not very good at celebrating birthdays, but um, it started, I, I just had a bunch of friends that were 
playing around with social tokens and they all had this exact same questions. And I was like, well, the way we solve this is we bring everybody together in a room and we hang out and we talk about it. Um, and, and quickly C club sort of emerged from that ooze, I guess, if you will. Uh, the idea of running accelerators came from us not knowing what the right answers were, but that being in support of both with peers and, and with others who maybe have done similar things before or a good path to figuring out what the right answers might be. And uh, we continue with that same energy for six cohorts in, you know, have had folks like yourself through, which have been amazing. And uh, I think our core thesis still remains the same. There's like social and cultural and narrative and, um, Social capital is just such a, a core part to crypto that I think has been undervalued for or, or underappreciated for the longest time. And C Club sees that as actually maybe the core reason there's value in in, uh, in these networks generally. And, and we've been running at that in various different ways for the last three years. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. And, I, and Josh as well. Yeah. 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 My, I think my, my like early, early interest is pretty similar to Jess's actually got studied studying mechanical engineering actually in, in university and kind of alongside that was just getting, you know, captivated by like, the promise of the internet. And, you know, just, it was kind of the, the like startup, I guess, story was starting to starting to happen and, you know, people launching companies and, you know, building these incredible things used by millions of people from their like dorm bedrooms was just like captivating to me. It was, it was crazy. And kind of alongside this interest, I was you know, studying mechanical engineering, did a co-op at like a, this manufacturing facility. And I was like, this is so not it. Like this other internet thing where I can just be by myself in my room and code something that millions of people use. Like that, that's the thing that I want to spend my time on. So immediately after graduating, basically just, yeah, just dove into, into tech, learned how to code as a path in and then spent, I guess, yeah, like 10-ish years building, yeah, consumer, consumer tech companies. Um, most notably is that Hopper for five years, you know, had a great success story. There it was super early, kind of part of like the hyper growth to to a thousand employees, and then kind of after that was ready to to take on my next thing. And you know, the the internet didn't feel like it did when I started out, and what I was excited by, and started playing around in crypto, and crypto very much did. It had that that kind of like early energy and optimism and anything's possible and people are just doing things so differently than anything else I had seen. So, um, you know, kind of alongside exploring my web two options, you know, the crypto options seemed much more interesting and just kind of dove in and honestly like started just fucking around for a year. Um, and then my, my interest kind of naturally pulled me into social tokens, kind of spun up a little agency agencies generous, but was like helping communities launch, launch social tokens and just kind of strategize around them. And kind of along this at, at the same time, I think Jess was doing a podcast tour and was just doing a much better job talking about the stuff that was interesting me and being like the center of gravity for, for all the people that were, were interested in it. So kind of just showed up at seed club and was like, I'm going to start doing a bunch of stuff and, you know, doing a good job doing that stuff. And pretty quickly just, just pulled me in full-time and i've i think it's been like two and a half years two plus years um i think i joined like shortly after the second cohort so um here we are it's a journey it's a journey, journey. and i love that because I, I think that actually very much echoes um it because that that's a, it's it's a similar but different journey for myself you know having been in traditional tech right before this and i think i that really resonates and just in terms of hearing this um Tech is just the, the web two stuff is just kind of boring, right? Like and the energy as you're talking about the the vibes as we talk about here in web three, it's just not there. It's uh, I remember all the it, and that was kind of the biggest like almost 
mind shift, right? When you enter this space is this idea of, wow, everyone here is so collaborative. Everyone here could really benefit from working together. And it's not us just saying, it, it's like, we actually kind of need to because <laughs> everyone's building different parts of the stack. Um, so I love that. It's been, it's been a good time. But guys, we'd really love to hear a bit more about C-Club itself, right? So straight from the horse's mouth, how do you just got, guys describe it today? And then I'd also love to learn a bit more about the evolution over time uh, from inception to here. I mean, it's it's been a journey, right? Even in just the past couple of years. Yeah, well, I, I love like you're tapping into the the... <laughs> The, the core consistent chat in, in our C club core chat right now is like, we're shooting to actually explaining what C club is. We've, and that is actually the core core ill in many of the other challenges we're trying to sort of solve right now. So, um, I'm actually just, I'm going to throw to Josh for this one to see what his most recent, uh, All right, let's go. Are we going to, we're going to try on, try on some new language right now. Let's, yeah, this let's is fresh. It. This may or may not be language we use, but you're going to get it here. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So I think the. Yeah, I, the timeliness of this question is incredible because we, like the last the last week, our heads have been deep into this. So the way you get the alpha, the, you get it here first. The way I, we are today describing Seed Club is as as a venture network for modern internet enthusiasts. So I think you know really we we think the existing funding models, you know, and and factory farmed unicorn production line, um, you know, of Web two and the existing you know VC industry has really just you know resulted us in having you know, a pretty boring and sterile internet. And, you know, we ultimately think crypto is this incredible tool to, you know, really like blow open the design space of the internet. But for us to actually, you know, realize that, we think we need new funding models um, that, you know, that really allow for more like socially ambitious and, you know, uncategorizable consumer projects that, you know, don't look like things that have rhymed in the past um, to really get like the the early stage support that they need. So really like the the question that, that Seed Club asks is, you know, what what happens if we flip the venture model on its head and put, you know, a tokenized network at the center of it that kind of allows for broad consumer participation. You know, if the if the value of this network is is a function of the attention it has, the demand to participate, and like the belief in the mission, does that unlock this ability for us to take, you know, weirder bets, more cultural bets, bets that like are just I don't know, hard to categorize and you can't put in a spreadsheet and you can't get like these predictable growth rates and markups, but are very, very worthwhile experiments to run. Yeah, we want to be in before the suits and when the TAM slide is just basically a question mark. And I think we've had a, a, a pretty crazy run at doing that. You know, we were very much at the center of the world of, of social tokens, very much, you know, early into the NFT meta, very early into, into DAOs you know, very early into sort of recategorizing those as consumer. And, you know, when we were out talking and recruiting for our consumer batch, there wasn't a whole lot of people talking about consumer. And so I think we see this as a unique thing that can come from uh, building a deep community and a, a wider network of people uh, who trust our brand and trust our network. Um, and we have this ability to, to kind of get into, identify emerging narratives participate in the defining of those narratives, bring capital to invest in those narratives. And um, I think that's a, a unique thing that this type of org structure allows for, right? So C-Club is, is a network, has a token. Um, and, you know, the ultimate you know vision here is that people participating in that network, creating value for our founders and for, um, you know, our ability to, to find and choose and, and back great builders uh, and, and sort of, profit off of that um, is absolutely core to it. So 
I think as much as venture network feels kind of meh to me generally, I think it is maybe the more accurate description of, of what we do. If you think of C Club, we have C Club, the DAO, we have C Club, the venture fund, you know, C Club, the DAO runs our accelerators and, and our, our propaganda wing, if you will. And um, the ventures, you know, makes investments and, and has, you know, members and LPs, et cetera. Um, you know, in total, we have just north of $25 million that we've been able to bring to these early stage uh, companies and have had some great wins in, in crypto and in AI. Um, and I think this C-Club as, as a network and a machine that goes and generates attention with a high degree of trust and credibility, uh, I think allows us to monetize that through our, our venture fund in a pretty effective way. Um, and when you start looking at you know, really what we've done since day one is is focused on getting the best builders with big visions in and supporting them to be better together. Uh, and that happens to lead to incredible deal flow, early access to to really niche communities and, and, and narratives. Um, and I think probably most importantly, are able to really bring a ton of value to builders, both through helping them get, get through the idea maze and the dark forest, but then also in uh, real practical terms from the legal structuring, token launch, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, important to know that, that, you know, that's not sure just Josh and I, right. We have this incredible network of, of early backers who are deeply, um, committed to, and, and are here because they actually truly want to support early stage founders. Uh, and, uh, I think that's like ultimately the biggest value we can bring to the table is just continue to bring those awesome humans together and pointing them in, in a consistent direction. I freaking love that. I think that was, that was that honestly blew me away because I think you guys just hit on so many different things here, right? And it's hard to just simply categorize. And I think this is, uh, I mean, we face the same, a similar challenge here at Myzen, right? It's like people are like, what's the elevator pitch? What's the like one liner? It's like, it's a bit more complicated than that, right? And it's exactly what you guys are talking about this idea of these networks and, and ecosystems and people coming together and, you know, trading, exchanging value and, and the venture network. And, Honestly, by the way, I do think the uh, the venture network part. I think you should keep it right because I think you guys that that tagline you guys described is pretty. If I'm a, if I'm a focus group and you guys are just trying it out, I think it really works because I think the first part hits on maybe the more uh, as Jess would say maybe like the more suit vibe, but then the second part is the more creative vibe. So you get you get the best of both worlds. I think we we, we added the yeah it was the two needed <laughs> to kind of live together I, I mean i think it's it's interesting to because i think part of your question was like what how has that evolved over time and i think you know we i think the very first if you find the earliest documentation of c club it was a social token incubator and then we shifted to accelerator and the core thing that most people know us for is the accelerator but uh i think we really struggled with that word as defining what we're doing because it didn't feel like it become encapsulated the totality of what we're trying to go do um and i think it's very easy for people to to latch on c, you know, c club as an accelerator because you run accelerator programs but i think from our perspective there's so much else that we are doing that we believe will ultimately create a ton of value for participants in the accelerator and for our network uh and, so, and also i think there's a lot of you know we, we sort of see running accelerators as a core part of this network but are not attached to any one specific niche or type and i think we look at the accelerators as like a great wedge into new markets and um as much as that is you know in the we're looking for the economic upside that comes from those actions there's also an attention and a credibility upside that comes with it and i think that is the unique dynamic that exists in this type of, of network where um you know even if 
our first five batches 100% goes to zero, which is not going to happen. That is still a value, like a, a worthwhile investment for us to make because of the attention and, and credibility that we're able to bring to future projects uh, based on, on the social capital that those projects have helped us build. So C-Club as a venture network, we invest, we run accelerators, we hopefully put out profitable propaganda that uh, helps create uh, and fund more of the types of companies that we're interested in, right? We're interested in people who have big visions. They want to go define new categories. Um, they're here for the long term. So we're, we're focused on builders who are not just purely trying to build a thing for a short term pump and dump, but are trying to figure out where the, the long term value accrual lives. And ultimately, that's a, been a really useful um, category to curate against. Yeah, and I think we we also just want to be this really interesting like consumer brand and like experience network in many ways too, right? And I think yeah, all this all this stuff that we've done, something that we've seen time and time again is just how it just gets stored in our brand and like our brand the brand value compounds by just continuing to to be pushing on the edges and and operating in kind of like weirder areas that you can kind of really own and and become associated with, right? And you know, our our step into consumer crypto is also a big part of this. Like, you know, when we, when we started kind of formulating, um, you know, the, the consumer crypto accelerator, like no one was, no one was talking about consumer. So we kind of saw the opportunity, both there was like this, you know, huge need for early stage support there, but we saw the opportunity to just come in and be loud and bring kind of all this like potential energy that we, we had stored in our brand and in our network and, and bring it to this new kind of underserved niche, somehow niche, um, and, you know, we ran demo day two weeks ago, had thousands of people out, ran it as this really like wild online event that felt nothing like demo day to anybody that was there. And that's, that's how we want to show up. It was, it was unhinged in the best way possible. You know, it was, it was incredible. Um, and that honestly, I mean, that's great marketing, right? Like when we talk about, I, I really like that term that Jess used earlier of a profitable propaganda, right? Because it's like, how did he, how does the value accrue to the network? How did it come back? I mean, Full disclosure for anyone listening, like Myas and, you know, we, we were also in cohort five. And, you know, the reason we even applied for cohort five is because for we, I randomly, I think on Twitter, someone um, was like promoting cohort four for their demo day, like many months before. And I was like, what is this C club thing? It looks pretty cool. I'll show up to the demo day. And I showed up to this thing. I was like, what on earth? And it was like the most is like the best energy and vibes. And I was like, this is something that I think we want to be a part of and, you know, it continues to proliferate on itself. Right. So it's really, it's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge part of the way that we show up. Like we, we show up as like huge fans of the internet really and huge be believers in like, you know, what our, our projects are building. Like Jess and I get when we're, you know, running this accelerator with 10 projects, like we get, we get obsessed about what they're building and their visions for the future. You know, like we're not, we're not trying to, you know, make you pivot in two weeks because you're not, we're not seeing growth numbers and we just want you to, you know, go raise the biggest round possible in, in three months. Like we, we like genuinely become massive fans of, of the founders and, and projects that they're backing. And I think that, that just, that feels very different to founders and, and, you know, show, shows up in, in, in very different ways on the internet. They see it. They see it. Yeah. Well, and actually with that, I'd love to kind of like dive a bit. I would, I'd like to, as the annoying tech people say, double click on that, right? So uh, consumer crypto, right? I think as you were talking about earlier, Josh, it's something that, you know, it at the beginning of 2023 was not quite as prevalent. I feel like in just 
you know, and I think you guys are actually a big part of it, you know, proliferating that meme, you know, the medic culture, the internet. Um, you know, I was, I was over at a token 2049 in Singapore in August and I met an investor and I was like, Oh, what, what's your investment thesis? He's like, I want to do like consumer crypto. We want to, I was like, Whoa, okay. Like now, and this guy's from Germany of all things. So, you know, German and Singapore talking about consumer crypto, like it's starting to proliferate. Right. So, uh, all that being said, right. So we'd love to hear number one, like, how do you guys define consumer crypto? Uh, and then what is this consumer crypto accelerator you guys have been running? How does it work? Um, I've also had people reach out to me and just say, like, how do I get involved with C-Club and, and how does this all work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can split them up. Sorry, I do. I tend to batch questions together, but you can take it how you will and I'll, I'll help you put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think our, you know, how we came to consumers are right thing for us to to name the next batch and and sort of focus on was really uh, a check, sort of gut checking our conviction right i think it, it, we take our, our minds back to the q4 of 2022 ftx had just happened the world seemed over you know it, it was um the this sense of i think everybody was sort of going like hold on like how 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 low can this go and maybe we're all dead and the last 10 years of our lives are, are over um and at those moments, I think it's important to say, okay, like, why, why am I here? What, what is, what is the interest? And I think what we came out with was that our, our thesis from day one, uh, you know, not only did it remain the same, I think it's gotten stronger and, and been validated even more as we've seen like the social value accrue around NFTs and DAOs and just in crypto generally. Um, and so for us, consumer was this really awkward, we hated the name first, uh, but it, it was like the best definition of these sort of three big themes and trends and the core thesis we've had from, from day one, it just felt like DAOs and NFTs, you know, we were very public about our belief that DAOs are consumer products or will be consumer products in their end state. Um, clearly NFTs are the driving force behind consumer adoption in, in the last bull market. Um, and we felt consumers are the right sort of category to capture all of those and, and a whole bunch of, of new stuff potentially. I think also it's vague enough that, you know, I can make a really strong argument that all of, crypto is consumer, right? Or at least if you're looking at price action on tokens, I think like, you know, again, our belief is that the, that, you know, Bitcoin is yes, technology advancement, but it is really the cult that has emerged around it that has propelled that into the, the, the current value. And you've seen that narratives evolve. Same thing with Ethereum. You see this recent debate around is the, the, the burn mechanism actually having an impact. We're not deflationary anymore. What's going on here? How does L2s work? Whatever. It's this belief in a future that actually drives a lot of those, those that, value in the tokens um but i think for us like we're c club is not the best place to go launch a default DeFi protocol there's some incredible firms and and other accelerators out there that are great at that and we're happy for them you know if you're building a DeFi protocol that is not deeply consumer which i would say is really more of an aspect of uh you know marketing and distribution rather than the technology you know development that's had the that's not maybe the most helpful generally context but so we don't touch DeFi, and we're not interested in in like the the deep infrastructure um because i think in, in many ways we sort of see a big part of the value in participating in c club is the attention that we're able to bring to teams and um you know if you think about our, our demo day you know it, one of the the core reasons why it feels very different is because we're not trying to keep a closed room with only investors where the goal out of coming out of demo days is, is follow-on investment it's definitely one of the goals but we also have huge early adopter network of people who are just like us they're fans of the internet they're fans of new visions for crypto 
And so our ability to bring in a thousand people to come and be stoked on that. And if you're in the demo day, you saw all the mints that were happening and there's all this action that are happening. Like that is a big part of it. Um, so, you know, I think we look for, for teams that we can really, that type of thing can really add a lot of value to. Um, so yeah, I think our, our definition of consumer is really broad. There's some pretty clear, easier to define it as like the types of things that were, you know, not best suited to go step into. Um, and but yeah, ultimately, I think you could you could make a strong argument that consumer is you know the the driving value behind crypto prices generally has been consumer demand, and um, I think that's going to stay the same for a while, even if there is a tech narrative that kicks off most of that interest early on. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and maybe just to touch touch on the like the like why now piece of that too. Like I think we it very much just like felt. Uh, felt like everybody had was over still over indexed on on infrastructure for like where the ecosystem was actually at you know a year ago or six months ago when we were kind of starting to do this like the like simply like the tech and infrastructure is is good enough now right and then i think you know of course it needs to get better but it's it's good enough to build to build like good to build pretty good products that you can that millions of people can use right and then i think second there's there are just like enough consumers that are still here and eager and like affluent enough to either you know be be your entire market if if that's the right thing or or to use as like a meaningful wedge before like going more mass market. So I think like truly the the thing that's lacking right now is great consumer experiences that's either sol solving real problems or or serving real desires. And I think we you know very much believe that uh, you know consumer is going to capture the vast majority of the value created in this space. Like our world is dominated by attention everything is ultimately downstream of attention and if you're able to repeatedly capture it you're going to be able to you know abstract away a lot of the the protocols and infrastructure probably however it serves your users best so i think we're you know both the timing felt right i think it's broadly what the space needs and we also just see it as this this massive opportunity i think importantly we are far less interested in pitches that are like we're going to onboard the next billion people into crypto and far more interested in teams that are like we have this interesting mechanism and wedge and there's a hundred people who are fucking stoked on it right now and um and i think that's just sort of an example of our belief that you know the the breakout consumer crypto products are going to come from serving crypto people first and then stepping into wider attention rather than um you know like i it, it doesn't move the needle for me excitement wise or or i think bullishness wise if tiffany comes and does a drop with crypto punks or if all of a sudden you know there's tokenized loyalty programs for your airlines like cool lots of people might use it but i just highly doubt that's going to be the pathway it goes it probably looks a lot more like people speculating on their friends in friend tech and that that leads to some evolutionary opportunity um so we're looking for unique things that crypto enables um, and really shying away from anything that looks like a B2B SaaS product. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because, um, you know, I think about this all the time and, and, and well, I mean, transparently speaking, I think with Myosin, like what we're focused on is, you know, we're, we're building products here as well, but I think we are thinking about the B2B SaaS and I think it really is very much like a two-tier approach, right? Because I think for us, like when we're thinking about how onboard the masses, it's just pure, you know, who's using it and how many people are using it. But I, I also agree with you that it, it's kind of like an and, not an or, is how I view it, is we still need these things because we still need sheer numbers and people to use this technology, whether or not they know it.
But I agree with you in the sense that to build a consumer app that people are going to get really excited about, it makes sense to kind of start with who are your first 100,000 super fans and how you grow from there. And you're right. If they're already using crypto and they're already super into it, start here. But, you know, what is it? Like UX has been a meme for years now, right? It's just like, we don't have good UX. We don't have good design in crypto. Why is that? I don't know. Because it's not that we don't, those people don't exist. They just... I don't know. Yeah. Well, because there's some very practical challenges that, that are absolutely yeah. core to using blockchains that, yeah, you know, that abstracting away that challenge actually adds different challenges. And so there's no yeah. perfect answer here. It's um, taking some time. That's the reality of yeah. it. Well, yeah. but I think like to, to push back a bit, like what if yeah. we don't need millions of users on these apps yeah. to create yeah. meaningful things, right? Like, I don't know what, what Frentech topped out of as far as number yeah. of actual users, but it like, sure as hell wasn't a million. Yeah. Right. And, and how many tens of millions of dollars in profit was generated from that? Like yeah. many. Um, yeah. I mean, I th- that might speak to more like this fractionalization, right. Of community, which I, I also could see, right. Because it, there's a reality of like the beauty of the internet is, you know, people can now find their people from all over the world. And some of those groups are going to be giant groups like wall street bets, right. That, you know, during COVID or, or whenever that was right. Like that's a giant community of people all over the world with similar sentiments. By the same time, you have really hyper niche communities where, like you're saying, like there was also a lot of money there. There's a lot of a lot of spending. So if you can build the right things for other people, it could, could happen on any sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think like the narrative is, if you can get it to like getting it to work with a small number of people and have that game be clear and exciting, is the first step of before being able to attract larger numbers of people. I don't think you get to mass consumer adoption by abstracting away all, all crypto and thinking that there's something interesting there, that novel and different, that's going to attract millions of people. Like the way you get there is by building a game, getting, helping people get rich, you know, getting a ton of attention and interest or, you know, and, and rich doesn't have to be just be, just be money. Right. I think there's a lot of uh, reputational and social value that people get from participating in these things. Um, and that, that, is the stepping stone to potentially larger markets. Um, and so for our, for our purposes, like somebody trying to run at building a tokenized loyalty point program for airlines is just not remotely interesting to us, but maybe being able to speculate on, uh, you know, maybe like a fun consumer airline tycoon game might be a, a fun way to get people in and playing around with something. And maybe you end up in the same place eventually, all these tokens are exchangeable for airline points in the future. I don't know, but I just see activations, see activations. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, everyone's day, everyone's days are already fully allocated, right? So, like the way that you start eating away at someone else's allocation is by having a very new, novel product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and actually, just yeah, that that that's what we're thinking about. It. Yeah, that's what we're thinking about as well. It's just like, what are the delightful consumer experiences you can create that happen to use crypto or blockchain well, or are deep in it, depending on I, who I you're think- targeting. Yeah, I think Myosin and C Club have like an interesting opportunity, which is, and I think crypto generally, like, you know, we, are, we, we as human beings just naturally want to categorize everything. You know, I love Al Reese as like a marketing guru, right? The, the dude is just a, a, a goat. Imagine your big bookshelf, you know, or library card shelf, you have categories. There's only one category winner, et cetera. But I think within crypto, you sort of end up in these like blending of consumer and what maybe would traditionally be considered more more business and d- clearly your professional network c club is a professional network at you know it would be one of the tags that would be added to the, the description in some way um and i think uh, peace professional venture network yeah well, okay 
uh, Pisno described this well as, as saying like, you know, creating this sort of third place online where it's not purely fun, it's not purely work, but it's sort of this mixture of the two, I think is really the big opportunity. So, you know, it's something we think about a lot and, and, and even more recently is this challenge of, uh, you know, even where we are today, which I'd still say is so, or so early, Blake, so early, um, we struggle with having so more, more demand to be useful than we have um, supply of people who need to be used. That's maybe not the right terminology, but you know what I'm trying to get at here. Um, and, and it's actually a big challenge for us, right? Where we can't, we actually, de if we were to try to fully tap into all the brilliance that we have in our network, we're going to degrade the experience for our founders because it's just overwhelming and lacking context. And so our ability to create a dynamic where people can feel like they're being very useful to C Club and earning their, their uh, ownership in it is probably our biggest opportunity beyond, you know, that, that we haven't fully leaned into. And I think a big part of that is being able to, to communicate, you know, once we're able to figure that out, and I think we have some really good insights on, on how we're at least going to run at that experiment, um, our ability to frame C Club as an experience that people can come and be a part of, be useful for, earn a part of, get early access to this is key. So it is a consumer product in many ways, but the, the that consumer product is actually kind of work but our job is to make it feel like it's not totally work well it's, it's something that i think about all the time um especially as like even for you know similar thing right is we're architecting minds and we're thinking about our own token and how it accrues value we think of it as social currency right and so it's this idea of like that's what a DAO is that's what a network is right like how are you just aligning the actors within the system to want to all do the same thing or coordinate in the same way right it's the economic alignment uh and social alignment to make things work in it and i think that's the beauty of everything you guys are talking about is um with token and with this kind of like also i haven't heard of that idea of uh this this third uh third place online right um so it's i love that i love that concept um it's something i, mean, I think there's on. a there's probably an investment thesis just around third place maybe that's the evolution of of the community thesis from the last little while um and i think i think there's a lot of folks right now, if you think about just pure, you know, investment narratives, you know, DAOs, communities, these are not things people are rushing to put money into right now. And I think meant that may lead many to believe that that's sort of a category that just doesn't have a lot of legs in the future. But I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think, you know, this desire to come together around new things, cool social capital, still alive and strong over in the announce ecosystem, you know, we're Josh and I was talking about the Hay coin earlier today, again, example of that, right? Like there's just, it's going to look different, but, I, and I think our belief is that it's going to feel a lot more potentially ephemeral, um, but uh, definitely more aligned with entertainment value than, than work value, if you will. And so I think the third place, you know, looking for third places that have, you know, I think that the importance of, of that value flow is, is key, right? Like there needs to be, DAOs and community tokens v1 were hype and lacked revenue and lacked sustainability and i think those that survive out of this will have put a premium on sustainability and value flow back into those networks um or at least are running at that directly and i know that's you know, a lot of our conversations are, are in and around that and so and i think there are there are it'll be surprising to to many people i think the longevity of, of many of these even even if you look at friends with benefits you know running low on treasury um, but making a bunch of changes that i think will ultimately mean that that thing's going to sustain itself for you know well i mean the fwb token will live forever so like what what is the timeline on those sort of things and 
you definitely they just said, the they disappointed right their five person council and uh really excited to see what happens there so yeah, optimistic. i don't know if that's the most bullish thing in my personal point of view but um but yeah i think it, it is from a sustainability perspective i think they've cut their costs significantly well, what I'll say from a personal point of view is I think it's it's better to have some kind of structure, I think, or people to like guide it forward. Because before it was, just, it was a lot of chaos. It's just, that's that's the only thing I'll say publicly for now. <laughs> yeah. I still hold a bunch of friends with benefits tokens, so I, I wish them well. There and, you, go. you know, their events have been killer. So I think, I think like, yeah, the sustainability of these things is is key. And um, it's the third place is, yeah, maybe we should do a third place accelerator, Josh. That's the next thing. We got so many ideas for different types of accelerators. Blake, it's going to be weird if, if we decide to go do it. We're not just switching anytime. Consumer is, is the, the big meaty one we're running at right now, but you expect us to do something weird. It's a secondary one. Yeah, we can play around with it. Um, we'd love to start to zoom out a little bit, right? So we've been talking a lot about C-Club, about networks and all this. Um, but again, it's all connected. So I think we had actually touched on friend tech earlier, right? Social Fi. So we'd love to just get thoughts on this idea of social fi and um you know i think it sounds like i i get a sense of where how you guys feel about it but i am curious about is it well i mean it's fun right to be able to speculate on your friends is that the right thing is it an early thing do you think like what what comes out of that and then how is it going to keep transforming and evolving is it just the first part of you know many evolutions where eventually become as you said earlier just like sustainable Right. Um, but curious. Yeah. 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 I can start. I think Frentech is a very, very worthwhile experiment to be running and very informative for, I think, many, many builders that will be following their path. I think, yeah, one is one is, of course, just like the, the tech stack that they've they've like proved the usefulness of like this, you know, embedded wallet, L2, uh, you know, no side like no sign transactions, just the, the user experience wins that they've, they've really proved and, and the viral growth that can come from that, I think is, is a huge learning. Um, I think secondly, the, you know, the power, of course, the power of speculation, we've known that, but the power of like, you know, rev share and making users money by default is something that I think we're, we're already seeing as, as kind of this, this new emerging meta, right? I think, you know, beyond the, the promise of an airdrop beyond the the like the you know very aggressive bonding curve the fact that you know people running rooms that are creating a ton of value and more people want to be a part of and you know people are getting value from and then leaving and then telling people and they're joining and earning you know meaningful amounts of eth from that is is it's very incredible is, inc is incredible yeah. right um and that's just that's something that we have just never seen before in in social. Um, so I think that that's another, um, huge learning for me, I guess. Yeah. Jess, you want to jump in? Yeah. I mean, I just, I would like to just reject social fi as a term generally be on record for that. I just, I think that's like actually missing the point. Um, uh, I, yeah, I agree with everything Josh has said there. I think there's a lot of commentary out in the, on the internet right now around it being over and dead. And that may be the case. Maybe, maybe isn't the case. I think, um, this, you know, this is the fourth product from this team. They've had two that were, were in complete obscurity, you know, then uh, steel cam and now Frentech. I think there's a reasonable possibility that really what Frentech becomes is more about the, the group of people building 
ephemeral internet speculative games that have a, a shelf life and that they'll probably go do other ones. Um, uh, there's also a likelihood that they continue to develop Frentech and there is core utility there that people want to use. I think I'm probably more bullish on the former than, than the latter as I sit here today. Um, but I think, you know, Josh and I were talking earlier about uh, a take that uh, Chris, who's a, you know, early in Flamingo, um, forget his last name, um, talking about just, you know, that, that the arena we're all playing in is crypto and, you know, our ability to launch NFTs or interesting products within it is uh, more about capturing attention and creating entertainment value. And that maybe that is like the main game and arena that we're playing in is our ability to create attention getting games. It's the attention economy. And and that's, that's actually not that different from web two, right? But that's just the world. That's the internet is attention, right? How do you capture attention and monetize it? Um, so sorry, just commenting on that. Yeah, but. no, I think, I think that's the, the, the thing. So I, I think, you know, a big unlock from, from, you know, novel remixing of, of tech stack and, and mechanisms, uh, will lead to a bunch of other experimentation. I think we're in the part of the, the cycle right now where people are just trying to copy friend tech and put it on different chains and saw one from Bitcoin city or something like that earlier. New Bitcoin city. It's amazing. Oh my God. Friend tech, but on Bitcoin. Um, like I'm pretty sure that's not the thing, but I expect we'll see a bunch of interesting experiments, um, you know, inspired by, by friend tech and, and who knows what the longevity of those things are, but I think you can, you know, friend tech again, is an example of not a huge user base, not, you know, billions of dollars of, of volume, but like millions of dollars of revenue earned both by the, the company and by, um, people trading on it. So something there. Yeah, and we mentioned we mentioned we mentioned hey earlier, and I think meme coins are actually an incredible like social fi product as well. Hey, I, I I quoted for anyone that can't see, I quoted, so it's, I was I was saying it ironically. Um, but it's it's like it's another it's another kind of example of of this you know thesis of like crypto as like episodic entertainment that that Jess was pointing out, where you know you can you know you're not just like consuming a storyline, right? Like you're, you're like an actor and a writer and like a participant in this like real time communal emerging storyline. And that's just like, so fun. Like when you jump into the, Hey, the, Hey telegram and see them just like throwing out memes and narratives and seeing which ones get picked up. And, and I don't think I'm up to speed on, Hey, actually, can you break it down for me? And oh, you, the, want, you want us to go the there? World? You want Okay, yeah, yeah I can, I, I can do it there. very Let's quickly. So, yeah, so basically, yeah. <laughs> basically, someone discovered, uh, yeah, we're calling them crypto archaeologists, discovered that there's the like first token that was used to test Uniswap, which is like- Oh, been hey with the H-A-Y. H-A-Y, yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, but you should so whatever. tell people. It's, I'll, it's yeah, yeah I'll, I'll describe it. So yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been dormant. It's been dormant for, I think, 2018 it was launched, been dormant for many years. But some of it still existed on on like the v, v1 of the Uniswap protocol. Someone discovered this, pulled out all the liquidity that existed, and relaunched it in in V3, and then started distributing narratives around. You know, this is the original meme coin. Like all meme coins came from this. It's like the crypto punk of meme coins, whatever, right? So suddenly there's there's tons of degen activity. There's a community forming in, in Telegram. People are spending tons and tons of time just strategizing, shooting the shit, trying to figure out how to how to like propagate all these memes that they're creating and just like seeing how much fun people have around doing this, I think are, are like, it's a, it's going to be a very competitive product to, you know, this, these kind of like scripted broadcast media that we, we grew up, you know, staring at, right. Like 
do you think you're this like 15 year old is going to want to play around with meme coins or, or sit there and watch Netflix? I don't know. Meme coins seem like a decent place to, you know, spend some disposable entertainment income. Well, they might do both. They might be watching Netflix and be trading meme coins. <laughs> yeah, you know. you're right. You're Based right. on my personal go. experience, that's very likely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that yesterday. Um, <laughs> wait, and then wasn't that the one also where uh, Hayden, he had, for some reason, they, he, his wallet was the burner wallet and then he burned it all? Literally, no, so he had, then, because, yeah, he had, he had like 99.9% of the supply. You burned it so, all. So whatever, it was at like a $2 trillion market cap, all these people were trading. And then he eventually announced that he was uncomfortable holding $700 billion of, of hay, which, you know, is, is reasonable. And, you know, the DGENs were coming at him. So he he burned them and this sent off, a, you know, a lot of green, green candle activity. One is technically 3 million, I think I read the other day or something like that. Yeah, because there's, like, even... there's like 10 of them in circulation, you know, like they, 99, 99.9% of the supply got burned. So the token price is off the charts. But it, anyways, it's just this very fun, fun internet experience that just previously was not possible. And that's the interesting. And so I'm just like, I'm processing. I'm like trying to think it through. I mean, I think, you know, as we've talked about before, I think it's this idea of the fractionalization of communities, niche communities, sub-communities, and the empowering of them with, you know, like internet culture. So I'm just thinking through like maybe yeah I guess that that is where this a lot of this is headed right and it is um, and I think what you guys are talking about with more ephemeral digital experiences or consumer internet experiences like makes a lot of sense I mean in web 2000 mischief right they've been doing that for a long time I don't know what they're up to now I mean I think they're still doing it in some form still or another yep. yeah um, right. and that's worked really well for a reason because yeah it's an attention game that's all we're playing here that's all we're playing um, would love to, uh, I want to make sure we're respectful of time here. So I'm just going to like, I, there's a couple more I'd love to touch on. And then we should probably jump into um, rapid fire questions. But we'd love to, uh, with Netcetera, right? I think a big part of, you know, the, the season two, right, is thinking about what is the next generation of the internet. Obviously, crypto and blockchain are going to play an incredibly big role in that, as we're talking about. But we'd love to actually touch on the other parts of, emerging tech, right? Whether it's AI, whether it's AR and virtual economies and all that. Um, I guess what I'd love to kind of hear from you guys is the, how you think about the intersection of these things, right? Where I think a lot of people talked about AI and, and blockchain. Uh, we're building some stuff there right now. I think uh, AR, it's not here yet, but it's in the next five years will certainly become a really big part of our everyday lives. You know, who knows, maybe in the next, in five, 10 years from now, we'll all be wearing our AR Apple glasses or whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, metaverse, yeah, Google, right? And then metaverse, you know, it's a little complicated, right? Because you could argue games are already metaverses and whatever, but, you know, people may call it dead, but obviously it's going to be a bigger part of our future. So curious how you guys are thinking about, maybe let's narrow in on AI and AR specifically, because metaverse has been talked about for quite a long time. Um, but AR, AI, AR, how does that fit in with blockchain? Uh, are there anything, is there anything interesting you guys are already seeing actually? Um, yeah. So that's the open-ended question. Yeah. I mean, I think these are, you know, anytime there's a new platform that emerges, new innovation will be sparked from it. So, you know, AR, I think is, you know, we, we're in the AI hype cycle right now and, and clearly Clearly, there's a ton of opportunity there, um, and and I think it's fair to say that's going to touch pretty much every industry in, in one way or other. If it hasn't already, 
Um, and I, I think we're already seeing a lot of teams make use of these tools that are, you know, very accessible, right? I think this is the, the unique thing about AI right now is that, you know, outside of like the, the truly bleeding edge, you know, most people are on a fairly um, even playing field, right? We can tap into these APIs and platforms. And you know, of course, there's like a huge spark of uh, speculation around these sort of, you know, interesting new wrapped versions of OpenAI, et cetera. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people believe, and I think I'm in this camp, that most of the value from AI is going to flow to incumbents. Um, and there will be some winners that are able to build, you know, net new products and, and, and brands around it. But uh, my guess is a lot of crypto builders will be making use of AI tool sets as uh, an enabler for whatever their networks are, are trying to get done. Uh, I think, you know, we were experimenting with it as well. Um, we've made a, a few investments in, in AI. Um, we're, you know, first money into stability.ai, which is, you know, one of the big LLM platforms, open source, very much aligned with our, our broader thesis. Um, we backed spawning, which is sort of like a, a tool set and mechanism for ensuring that artists have their rights um, recognized in, in a, a generative world, if you will, um, and a couple other investments there. So pretty pretty bullish on it. I think there's a huge lot of opportunity there. But my guess is you're going to start to see a lot of the existing crypto brands, DAOs, investors, et cetera, really make a, make a ton of use of, of AI to uh, reduce information asymmetry and just be a lot more informed and effective. Um, I think there's others that are making sort of that's the, that the infrastructure layer for AI right now is very centralized. And so if you can decentralize that, there'll be use cases for that. I think that's interesting. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, a, a ton of room in both of those. I, I think when you have, you know, if you, a lot of people sort of talk about it in the context of the iPhone moment, right? Like so much of our modern startup world was, was built on the fact that all of a sudden the iPhone existed as a new platform and distribution mechanism and apps, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, you know, right now, Right now, I think we just have compounding innovations that are emerging. So, you know, my guess is looking at the intersection of any of those things is going to be really interesting. You know, AR and AI, crypto and AI, crypto and AR, like those are, there's plenty of, of excitement to be had in and around those. So, uh, you know, we're, we're active in two of those categories. Um, I think we have one investment in uh, the AR world um, and but I would expect that to pick up quite a bit as people can actually touch and feel and there's human beings using these things. Yeah, I mean, definitely agree with all that. I think the maybe two other really interesting intersections are, I think, you know, autonomous agents obviously are going to be a thing. And I think it's pretty clear that they're just going to prefer transacting in crypto versus like fiat rails. It's, they're, it's just like this understandable, like co code-based currency, right? So I don't know if my, if my fridge just like knows it's empty and it's ordering me food and I don't even have to it like you know it intervene there it's gonna it's that's just gonna happen in crypto so I think you know autonomous agents using crypto as payment rails is probably a pretty interesting thing to explore and think about um really the one that that kind of captures my mind is you know in this you know we're obviously transitioning to this world of of like infinite content anyone can can produce anything very hard to know what's verifiable and true I think in the, in that world and that in that in that future, I think you know brands and trusted communities and like human to human relationships just become increasingly important. And you know, obviously, we're all here because we think crypto is going to play an important role in the future of brand and the future of communities and the future of like human organization online. Um, so I think it's just going to kind of going to accelerate the desire to 
participate in, yeah, like, you know, cozier social networks as as we call them or, or DAOs or, you know, brands that you can trust the, distributing media the fragmentation. that you want to consume. Yeah. And the sub communities, right? I don't know. That's, that's absolutely crazy. And I think especially, I mean, people have talked about this probably at Zoom, right? But like, like even right now with all the craziness happening in the world, right? Social media, all these things starting to proliferate and you don't know what's true, what's not, you know, that, that where's the source of truth? If only there were a, a place you could store things and no one could, you know, you, you could actually trust <laughs> it, or trustless, you know, if only there were trustless data layer we could create of some sort. Um, cool. Still a lot of work to be done and actually being yeah. able to, to say that confidently that there is trustless yeah. media to, you know, but it's, yeah, agreed. It's only, it's only as a, it's an idea until someone builds it. Right. And then someone actually can execute. It's all in the execution is what we've seen. Right. Yeah. Uh, just, just a couple more things. So I guess I would love to better understand, uh, as you guys are starting to think to the future, right. And it's starting to look towards next year and how C cold is continuing to evolve. Um, how do you continue to, do you see a role within the ecosystem as just kind of continuing to grow out the network as this venture network and, you know, the new internet. Um, and I guess, how do you see that evolving? Do you think there are going to be other bigger ambitions further down the roadmap that have yet to even be unlocked? Um, curious. I mean, I think our ambitions are greater than the unlocks or even potential unlocks that we see right now. Uh, I think, you know, the, a, a global venture network and brand that people are compelled and excited to participate, add value to, and own a piece of, I think is a very, very lofty gold, you know? Um, and so I think like our, our work is focused on moving the, you know, the needle on that. So um, we have, we'll, we'll run a next batch in, in early next year. Um, we have a drop that'll come out at the end of this year, really trying to, engage uh, more people in the sharing of interesting ideas and concepts and hopefully sparking some more inspiration, but also at the same time, um, hopefully great marketing for, for our next batch. Um, I think we teased early on, we have a new internet show that we're, we're rolling out right now, which is part of a broader media strategy. We have, you know, C club as a, a publisher, it will I think be something we'll talk about in, in the not so distant future, something we've done inconsistently, but have a, a great opportunity to lean into a little bit more. Um, and, and of course, the, the core of our, our network is the success of our builders. And so we continue to, to work really diligently with our, our last batch as they sort of just, just left the nest. And then our, our uh, alumni that are continuing to build, you know, through the adversity that has been the last year and a bit. Um, and so a big focus of ours is how do we continue to support them? And, and ultimately, how do we support a, a wider network in a more scalable way? Uh, right now, I feel deeply frustrated that I'm a, a friction point in many of these um, experiences, right? And that's good to a degree, but also has like meaningful limitations. At the same time, we have like way more smart people that are in our network than than are sitting, you know, between Josh and I sitting here on the on this call with you. So um, that's a, a big part that we'll be running at pretty aggressively in the next next little while. And I think, you know, it, importantly, we've. C Club has a token, but it's, the token hasn't been the the main focus in in anything that we've done because our belief is for that to be valuable and effective, we need to build real meaningful value in our network, and that has been the focus of ours over the, the last little while. Um, 
and also, frankly, I think we're continuing to see a lot of work and innovation on in how to distribute tokens and, and what's the best way to do that. That meta has changed quite a bit in the last six months alone. So uh, it's still very much a, a focus of ours. And, and I think we're excited to be in a position where we can really lean into the the full vision, right? Which is that as you contribute value to C Club, you get to become a, a governor of the C Club network. And um, that connection and ownership leads to deeper emotional and and uh yeah deeper connection with c club that ultimately is a core flywheel that we're excited to, to really lean into so when i say it's still early it, it it's just so early we we want to go do so many more things than we are than we know how to go do or we're actually physically capable of right now i love that and uh yeah it it's it's exciting here right because i think there's a big vision there's a lot to get done um, but there's a network and I've been witness to it over the past year and a half and you guys are absolutely crushing it. So I'm really excited for all this fun stuff to come out and, uh, I want to accumulate more seed, uh, seed token. So please club, let me know. Club. It's club. <laughs> it's club. Yeah. Club. Please, please. It's been a while. Please. It's been a while. It sits there in my wallet. I haven't, I haven't gotten to use it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. We're going to make, we're going to make it, make sure that you are very, very, clear on 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 what the token is yeah <laughs> good 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 yeah club token there we go it sits there in my wallet i need more um cool let's move to rapid fire questions and then we can wrap it up and i can get you guys uh you know back to building so rapid fire questions pretty straightforward i'll throw it out you guys respond pretty quickly and then we'll go through them uh, maybe we, we'll we respond rapidly you want us to respond yeah, rapidly, rapidly to these questions there we go okay i you think i'm it. with you yeah. Um, and then I'm not sure how we want to do order or whatever, but we'll, we'll just go whoever wants to answer first, maybe, and then just move with it. So if you could pick one project, whether in Web3, AI, emerging tech as a whole, uh, not including your own. So I guess in this case, not a part of the C Club network, external to that, that you're most bullish and excited on. I'm yeah, just gonna say, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm going to say Frentex. I think it continues to be this, you know, very interesting emerging experiment. They have a continue to have a ton of attention. They're shipping rapidly, so I'm going to say God, you're so fucking predictable, Josh. Uh, I know you did go first, so I appreciate yeah. it. I, I think this is more of a, a content. Josh and I have been three three and a half months so deep into our projects that I'd like, but I, I think to me, I, I'm, you know, I think I shared profitable propaganda earlier. That's a, a Jacob Hornism. From Zora, I think Zora is probably one of the most interesting products in crypto right now. Especially the work they've, you know, they're defining a new meta around this idea of minting and and abstracting away the challenge for a creator to actually put a, a issue an NFT. You don't need any crypto to go do that right now, which is fascinating. And then they're building a, a referral and, and rewards mechanism there that actually distributes value back to those in the value chain. Um, and you know, I think that is super interesting. I also believe that minting is a new type of activity that more and more people will be doing. And um, so to me, to me, that's the most interesting one. And then I'll continue to throw nouns out there because I think it just so many of, of builders in the space think that they need to go build and design the perfect economy. I think now, nouns is like, actually, if we just create this broad kind of sense of everybody on the same page with a similar ish direction, but not a whole lot of design in it, that interesting things emerge from it. And so I think it's just a great counterpoint to the, the deep engineering desire to to build and manage their own economies and and instead saying well if we have shared values represented through owning this token that interesting things can happen and emerge so bullish on both of those bullish on nouns bullish on zora and uh bullish on frontech there we go 
This next one is one of my favorites. Biggest professional learning over the past 12 months. Well, I think I have, a, I have consistent learnings. I, I am trying to be very aware of where and how I get in the way of great people doing great things. Um, and I shared one with, with Josh yesterday. I think uh, stepping out of my own schedule and mind frame and, and urgency and how, um, yeah, just there's sort of this, this desire I think founders have just to drive things forward all the time. Um, but my realization was that, yeah, my, my realization was that actually um, the desire to drive things forward all the time using my schedule and my, you know, in mind was actually slowing our team down uh, because our team are, are activators. They like to get in and start building. And uh, I, I witnessed this word of like, oh yeah, well we can come back and circle back on that tomorrow type thing when generally the answer is they can probably go get it done this afternoon. So that's like a, a small insight into the it's really important yeah well it's an ongoing exploration of how and when my my weirdness gets in the way of other people doing great things i'm really great at certain things but like there are many things i should not touch and it's an evolution of my understanding of those things i think would be my answer nice I love that. yeah i think i think i think mine is um you know naturally not super comfortable in you know environments like this or you know speaking on stages or you know, facilitating, you know, discussions at, at big events. But I think the thing that I've, that I've really realized over the last year is by being, I think, as obsessed about something as I am about, you know, crypto and the potential of all this stuff we're building and, you know, and Seed Club is I just have, we're just so deep in it and have so many interesting discussions and I'm like reading and consuming so much that I actually just now have a lot to say and talk about and have a lot of, you know, ideas that other people who aren't as, as deep, like just wouldn't have arrived at yet or been exposed to. And that just makes all of this stuff so much easier when you just, when you just have a lot to, to say. Yeah. So it's almost like getting out of your own way. It's like, Hey, like, and it's, it's recognizing that you are smart, Josh, and you have a lot to say and people want to hear it. Right. That's why you're here. <laughs> And I think you've said a lot of really incredible things. Yeah, yeah, clearly, clearly deserves to be on stages like this and and, and many yeah. more and bigger. I think it's been fun to watch. Um, you know, there's there's sort of like I don't think Josh is meaningfully smarter today or a different human being today than before, but the confidence through the many at bats that happens, and I think that's just like such a an opportunity for all of us that are building these these types of things. Like, how do we engineer more of that, those opportunities so that that confidence can grow. And I think if you, you know, I've had the we also have to hop on the other's podcast for, for the, till the end of time, put it all on. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, Josh and I podcast daily, it's called zoom calls and we hang out. We just don't record it. If we did an IRL. Then maybe it would be a new thing, but yeah. you gotta have an audience. It's the audience that like that, that gets you nervous. Um, cool. Uh, last, last two here you have, and I guess it's for each of you. Uh, if you have a million dollars, uh, ideally, you know, in ETH, USDC, whatever you want, airdrops right into your wallet, uh, or fiat checking account, depending on what you want to do, uh, what would you go build today outside of C Club? And yeah, in, in the broad world of emerging tech, Web3 and all that. Yeah. What would we build? Yeah. Or what would you do? I mean, the build, the, the, the constraint there is more about time. That's the problem. Capital is not, not going to not going to give me any more time to build stuff. Um, yeah, I think building, I'm, I'm, I'm like deeply fascinated about, uh, I think, you know, consumer brands, like the world of, of luxury fashion, 
less so on like the kind of like you know superficial side and more just like the the like meaning creation and brand building and like world building that they do so i would i would probably just like jump into that and just try to make a bunch of mistakes and and learn a lot learn a lot about just how to how to do that well is this a good place to give a shout out to slow rodeo and uh kind of what they're building which is similar very much in that row i don't know if you guys want to give a quick uh description i don't know if anyone is listening i'm very excited about them too so yeah yeah i mean I, the simplest is they're building shopify for you know web3 brands this you know new tech stack that enables community owned and operated brands to flourish and they just happen to be three guys who've built big successful brands and or you know worked at agencies that have worked with the biggest brands so um, I think when you start off with that sort of new vision or direction in the end, I think people will be surprised about some of the, the types of interactions and value that gets created there. So I think Court Data is their first brand they'll be launching soon and it's uh, focused around like the tennis world. And yeah, it, it's one to, definitely one to watch. Um, my answer is that it's just impossible for me to answer this question because I think C club is literally a manifestation of like the perfect thing for me to go build and do. And I honest to God, I'm unemployable otherwise. And I don't think, I don't know. World don't know. world's best, world's best facilitator. Just yeah. Maybe I would go that. try to yeah. take over Jake Hal's position. I pay him a million dollars to stop being on the all in podcast and I'd step in and be the the host and everybody would rejoice. And it, the, the, I the, listen to that. Yeah. The social uh, validation and credibility that would come from that would be well worth the million dollar investment. There you go. Best million dollars ever spent. Yeah, nobody would have to listen to Jake Cal jump in and cut off a good point by somebody else's work. There we go. I'm just going to do, actually, maybe what I do is I build a counter trader for crypto. Uh, counter as, as much as the, there's value counter trading um, Jim Cramer, I think there's probably similar value to counter trading uh, Jason Calacanis. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. His Bitcoin calls it. have been in the opposite <laughs> direction. There we go. Paul, Paul uh, Graham's have been pretty good too. I saw you retweet that the other day. I was like, this is. This you is had to. His timing was like, it literally was the bottom. It was like absolute bottom. It was amazing. And then you saw uh, Kramer on October 11th. He he was uh, he was just like, what was he? It was like, time to. He was just hating on Go Bitcoin. Go to zero. Course, zero scam. Go to zero. Uh, bearish Bitcoin. It's all going to get cracked. And then By Lehman Brothers. Right. Then it started taking off. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. And then this last one, actually, I think is, uh, you know, I've been asking this question for a while. I think now is probably the most interesting time to ask this, which is craziest predictions uh, in the, you know, for emerging tech, crypto, all this by end of year 23. And then if you really want to get spicy, we could also talk about, you know, 24. I mean, I have to, crazy predictions, I think has to go in the, the like AI realm just because like not, nothing that insane has ever existed before. So I think, I think my predictions maybe not specific, but I think I just like intuitively feel that open AI is like internally way further ahead than they're letting on. They're like holding <laughs> back, you know, trying to scare regulators into, you know, handing a monopoly over to them. So I think, I think they're way further ahead than everyone thinks and believes and something they release next year or where we're at this time next year with AI is just going to be like incomprehensible today. Blow everyone out of the water. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily we have stability.ai who's building open source models. So it's uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, I think, I think this cycle might be the time that it actually that that Bitcoin might be seen as a true um, 
hedge against risk and you know like like its digital gold narrative might actually deeply connect i think uh, maybe that's where this price action's coming from and definitely have a, a macro setup that might continue to drive that with, you know, overspending and wars and, and yada, yada. So, um, China just, China just started, uh, they announced their stimulus package, right. And they're going to be printing a lot more money themselves. Yeah. Well, the United States is going to have to as well. It's just like an inevitability. Everyone. Oh, so I'm sorry. I mean, China is the starting point. And then yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Also elect, elect, election year, like they're obviously, Oh my God. Gonna, stimulate the economy yeah (laughs) beyond that i think um i think just i'm excited to continue to shed this pure hype speculation monkey jpeg narratives around crypto and for people to actually start to dip their toes back into it with some of these teams that have really trying to build meaningful lasting organizations or, or networks here and so I think maybe we just have uh, this 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 cloud over crypto might lift in early 2024 as you know the the weirdness dissipates to a degree and um, you know credible builders emerge and take their hopefully rightful place as leaders of this industry. It's starting to happen with the help of Seed Club and the you know with the builders themselves. It's coming soon. I love it. Um, well, listen, guys, this was an awesome conversation. Really excited to share this with the world. I think you guys both crushed it. I think you guys are doing amazing things with Seat Club. I'm really proud that we're a part of the network. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an incredible end of the year and onwards to bigger and better things. Um, one last thing, actually, I, I just remembered is uh, we always leave the very end to give yourself, give you guys a chance to do a quick shill, basically just. For yourselves, C Club, where can people find you? Where can people apply or get in contact if they want to participate in the next cohort? Um, throw out the handles, website, wherever you want to direct people. And, you know, seedclub.xyz, seedclub.xyz. And then you should go follow Josh. It's, it's, he's criminally underfollowed on the internet. I don't even want to give my, my Twitter handle. Go follow Josh. He'll, he'll, he'll make sure you're in the know. What's the handle? Josh. C-R-N-L-S. And DM me. Yeah, if you're if you're a builder, DM me. If you're an just crypto enthusiast, DM me. I think we have, yeah, we have this, you know, emerging network that's gonna have something for for truly like anybody that's you know very interested in frontier internet experiences. So get at, get at us. And, and it's not just builders. If you are an early adopter likes to play around with brand new things, or if you're building something that maybe you've got investment from somewhere else, or you're not ready for investment yet, we have a, a community called Test Flight Club. It's all about, we, we bring one new product in a week and we have uh, early beta testers in there that are excited to use new things and give real feedback uh, and sort of freeze founders from this limitation of like, is this people hunting airdrops or they're actual real human beings trying to give me this feedback so it's a small heavily curated community we have a couple hundred people on the wait list right now but would love to continue to grow that and we're opening up new spots in that community on a weekly basis so uh just follow josh if you follow josh and then all the all the rest of the of things become good for you absolutely also blake huge 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 fans of what you guys have been doing too i think some of the easiest bear market conversations we had were with you and you're just like we have we have a business we're good it's like all right sweet moving on <laughs> yeah we're, we're doing all right uh and i'm really excited about the products we're building so there's gonna be a lot more to come on our end as well so new website by the way i don't think i told you guys yeah new website coming out there's a lot of stuff cooking yeah you'll see 
Um, amazing. So I think that's it. Uh, I already kind of said my spiel, but just once again, just gratitude to you guys and everything we're doing uh, together at Sea Club and the whole network. And uh, really excited for what the future holds because uh, we're fucking building it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Let's go. Um, let's go. And so with that, thank you so much, guys. Uh, I'll see you online and uh, have a great rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed this episode and etc. If you'd like to learn more about marketing and innovation in emerging tech, please visit www.mice.xyz and subscribe to our newsletter at www.netcetera.media to get started. And if you're a fan of the show, please show your support by subscribing and leaving a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.